electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. Today on our podcast, Hurricane Ida slams the Gulf Coast. An update on the damage and the path forward with Louisiana Senator Bill Cassidy on the ground in Baton Rouge. We're going to make our country more resilient to natural disasters wherever they are. We have to start preparing now. And counting down to departure, President Biden approaches the deadline for withdrawal from Afghanistan. Writer, podcaster, and professor Arthur Brooks. It's just absolutely classic. You know, the the domestic presidents come into office and immediately get derailed by the exigencies of foreign policy. Those stories, plus Europe set to restrict American travelers due to COVID, and Elizabeth Holmes is poised for trial. The next chapter of the Theranos saga, and naturally, yet another twist. Her defense attorneys claim she suffered a decade-long campaign of psychological abuse from her former boyfriend and business partner, Ramesh Sunny Balwani. It's Monday, August 30th, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one, cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan. Andrew is off today. But if you're watching the U.S. equities markets, they've been taking things in stride. A lot of bad headlines out there. And yet you saw the S&P 500, the Nasdaq both close at new highs on Friday. In fact, last week was the strongest week we've seen for the equity markets since the end of July. Look well rested. Becky, it's good to see you. Either Thank you. Really well, you're glowing. Uh, either you're well rested or you've got some serious lighting out it's the there. Lighting. Uh, is it? Some <laughs> yeah. big bucks spent on that lighting. How? Uh, it works. Huh? It works. First up today on our podcast, Hurricane Ida. 16 years, literally to the day since Hurricane Katrina made landfall in New Orleans, the city was battered again by another storm. It's the first major hurricane to strike the United States this year. Ida brought with her 150 mile an hour winds, flooding and power outages. And President Biden, speaking from FEMA headquarters on Sunday, declared a major disaster in Louisiana. 12 hours after landfall, the storm weakened to a Category 1 hurricane, with winds topping out at around 85 miles an hour. And early Monday morning, Ida was recategorized as a tropical storm. After Katrina, the United States invested in a $14.5 billion flood protection system of levees and walls to protect New Orleans from future storms. And so far, the levees seem to have held. At this point, over 1 million people in the area are without power, and the 911 system is experiencing serious technical difficulties. So far, one person has died. Louisiana and the entire Gulf Coast is a crucial hub for United States oil production. The federal offshore oil facility there accounts for 17% of the country's crude oil production. And ahead of the storm's landfall to curb demand, oil firms slashed operations. Right now, 95% are still offline. 
total damage to the area couldn't be fully assessed until sunrise. Louisiana Senator Bill Cassidy joined our TV broadcast shortly after that, as the state began to take stock of the situation. Here's Becky. Senator, I want to thank you for being with us today. And again, I know this is early. Um, I know this is a situation where people are still trying to assess things. But what have you heard about the impact to date? Yeah, the, the loss of electricity is worse. By the way, I'm outside. I apologize. My lights are off. So this is the only place you can see me. Um, uh, Oxner Hospital is evacuating two hospitals down closer to the coast, places that have lost their roof. Um, and I know at least one other hospital that lost part of its generator power had to move people around in the hospital. So there is significant damage that took place in buildings built to de- designed to withstand huge hurricanes. Uh, I think we'll see more damage. We're going to see a lot of damage. How difficult is the loss of power making it to try and assess the damage at this point? So I'll fly over with the Coast Guard later on this morning, get a sense of it. Uh, but the fact that people don't have power with all that implies is significant. Uh, a lot of folks have generators, but of course not everybody. But if you're on home oxygen and you don't have a generator, you're in tough shape. So I think that's the assessment that will be made today. Uh, my cell tower is down right now. I've got a Wi-Fi on one cell on one company and a, and a phone on the other. So some of the cell towers are down as well. So there's an impact um, even beyond electricity. Yeah, I heard that there were problems with the 911 system in New Orleans last night as well. Yeah, 911's down in New Orleans. And, and, and I know they were worried about the pumps. I haven't gotten the final report on the pumps. The, by the way, I've been supporting our, bi- our bipartisan infrastructure package precisely because it can help fix sewer systems. Uh, and New Orleans is now case in point of why we need that package passed. Yeah, there had been some reports also that people shouldn't be drinking the water or using it for other purposes because of pumps at sewage stations kind of shutting down. And, and of course, the impact that that would mean. I don't know. I don't yet know if that's true. Of course, folks were worried about that, but I've not seen those reports yet. Uh, but the point is, is that if we're going to make our country more resilient to natural disasters wherever they are, we have to start preparing now. We can't look in the rearview mirror and say, boy, I wish we were prepared. We got to start now for next year's hurricane, next year's wildfire, next year's tornado. And just to put a plug in, that infrastructure package is part of that. So where do things stand on the infrastructure package at this point? What do you hear from other Republicans and where do you think it stands with the Democratic leadership? There's a date certain to vote on on September the 27th. Again, 50 billion is in there for resiliency, 65 billion in there to harden the grid things that certainly would help here. Um, and so now where Republicans are, I don't know yet, but I'm sure I'm sure hoping that Republicans look around my state, see this damage and say, if there's money for resiliency, money to harden the grid, money to help sewer and water, then maybe this is something we should be for. Senator, you are also a medical doctor, and there had been a lot of concerns about what the spread of COVID could mean um, after this situation, after people are being put in, in these vulnerable positions. Where do things stand and what uh, is on the horizon just in terms of help that could be offered? What would you tell people? I had a briefing yesterday where Red Cross and others were on. The mass shelter units, uh, think a big uh, convention center, they will have spacing between pods with there's good ventilation. They're requiring people to wear a mask. They say, if you don't, ma- if you don't have a mask, they'll show up. But they, once in, they're requiring masks. And they will offer vaccine to those who have not been previously vaccinated. Not require, but offer. So even in the midst of the disaster, they're trying to make allowances for COVID. And I give my hats off to the Red Cross and others. 
What about the hospitals that I think were rapidly filling up before this storm even hit? Yeah, so Oxner again reported that they're evacuating too closer to the coast. And I actually think in New Orleans, there was some capacity to take folks in. As you might guess, hospitals here are equipped with huge generators that immediately click on. So they should have the capacity to absorb those patients. And there were two smaller hospitals. But point being, as long as COVID is filling up ICUs, we still have to have that concern. Senator Cassidy, I want to thank you for your time this morning and, and wish you and everyone there the very best of luck with this. We, we hope to hear more from you after the flyover and after you get more details. But thank you for your time today. Thank you. You know, Delta and COVID uh, still in the headlines, too. It's been something that we've been watching very closely in New Orleans. Uh, the hospitals there were already stretched pretty thin. And now we're hearing that the European Union is expected to advise its member states to reintroduce travel restrictions for visitors from the United States because of the surging infections and hospitalizations here in America. Three EU officials said yesterday that the U.S. will be removed from that safe list of countries whose residents can travel without additional restrictions, things like quarantine and testing requirements. The suggestion from the EU will not be mandatory, and each member country will have to decide whether to impose the restrictions themselves. Most European countries reopened their borders to Americans in June, hoping for a a rebound from the ailing tourism industry. I know you've had some well-deserved time off in August. I guess you're probably not flying around places. No. Uh, you know, I had, I had some plans coming up. I had took some time off in October. <sighs> it's not a good time to try and take a vacation again uh, no. and, in terms of, uh, it, it, like, that's off the table. I don't think flying around is great. Europe, obviously, now is off the table. So this Delta variant has put us, I mean, this is going to be a two-year thing, I think. At well, this and yeah, and it's, you've got school starting again. There's a lot of anxiety about this. I thought this school year was going to be different. I think, thought things would right. be better. Things would be normal. And I'm having anxiety dreams. I had the kids going back to school again. Just yep. not sure what to expect or anticipate. Some new variants, reading about some, some hideous new variants. So we're going to ask uh, questions too, about when you can actually see the vaccine for kids under 12. Um, the, the timeline has moved a couple right. different times and there was uh, some moving goalposts yesterday, too, with Anthony Fauci and with Dr. Scott Gottlieb, both talking about maybe that approval coming for kids ages 5 to 12 a little sooner than we had been thinking the last few weeks. We were thinking January or February. Maybe it'll be November or even sooner. Can you get a booster too early? They said eight months, right? So I was well, February. Well, no, it's six months. They've changed it to six months. They have? Yeah. I may do a drive-by stop in. I don't know. I might be... My mother got one last week. She's uh, in a heightened risk category, so she got hers last Me, week. Me, your mother, were similar ages, and uh, <laughs> I, I like the way you threw that in there. No, I like the way you threw that in there. Yeah, my ninety-five-year-old grandmother like did us, not get hers yet. People like so. me and your mom are thinking about it. Next on Squawk Pod, President Biden coming up on a withdrawal deadline. Contributor to the Atlantic, President Emeritus of AEI, and fellow podcaster Arthur Brooks. If he doesn't pay attention to these these events in foreign policy, it's going to become a much bigger problem. He needs to turn his focus entirely to start talking much more openly about what's going on in Afghanistan. We're back in a minute. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM. 
a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box here on CNBC, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square and from Inglewood Cliffs, New Jersey. I'm Becky Quick along with Joe Kernan. Andrew is off today. Joe? On the eve of uh, the U.S. deadline to withdraw U.S. troops from Afghanistan, does the tenuous situation there risk derailing President Biden's economic agenda? Let's bring in Harvard University's uh, Arthur Brooks, AEI President Emeritus. There it is. Uh, a contributor for The Atlantic. All right, that's a head scratcher. Uh, and the host of the podcast, The Art of Happiness, H-A-P-P-I-N-E-S-S, uh, with Arthur Brooks. Uh, the Will Smith movie, they had a Y in it, uh, I think. And I'm not really sure why it's not Y. Why isn't Y? Thank uh, Arthur Brooks, thanks for joining us. Uh, you heard what I said. You, you, I guess you're at Harvard University. Because why, why stay at the AEI and just preach to people that, that really agree with you? You might as well go right into the den of, uh, of the enemy, uh, the, the permanent leisure class, the, the academics, really, that, uh, that probably um, in large part are, are due to you are living in the golden age of stupidity. Do you ever think, wow, do you ever, do you ever, do you ever look around and say, wow, I'm one of them? I'm part of the problem? Yeah. I mean, look, it's it's I'm sure that you say the same thing as, as being a member of the media. You know, the truth of the matter is that we all have a big responsibility <laughs> to uh, to to bring information to Touché. a lot of people. And, Touché. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's like we're, we're, we're talking to millions of people. In my case, I'm talking to the future leaders of the country and and we need all different points of view. And so to the credit, well, we don't have you know, it, Arthur. We don't have it at, at universities anymore. You only have one point of view. Well, I mean, you got I'm, I'm at the Harvard Kennedy School talking about a lot of things having to do with the free enterprise system and American intervention and leadership around the world, including military leadership. And and uh, and I'm doing just fine. So, you know, there's there's uh, don't, don't lose hope, Joe. Don't lose hope. Lost hope. Lost hope. You know, that after stupidity comes madness and we're, we're right there. And, and I don't you know, social media doesn't help. What about the, the premise of the of our interview today? Uh, yeah. Arthur, what do you think that the. Uh, the Biden agenda, the I don't even know. Is it the, the Biden agenda, the Sanders agenda? What, what would you call this this three and a half trillion, this five trillion dollars? Well, it's basically what he promised when he was running against Donald Trump that he was going to do that. But the interesting thing about it is it's just absolutely classic. You know, the, the domestic presidents come into office and immediately get derailed by the exigencies of foreign policy. The same thing has happened to president after president, because, you know, you can say I'm going to be a domestic president with all of these uh, objectives. In the case of, of President Biden, he promised us to grab a ton of really progressive stuff that 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 I wasn't really looking forward to, quite frankly. But in but the, the the world's events intervened as they tend to do in foreign policy. And the important thing to keep in mind is that if he doesn't pay attention to these 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 events in foreign policy, it's going to become a much bigger problem. He needs to turn his, as my, in my point of view, is he needs to turn his focus entirely and start talking much more openly about what's going on in Afghanistan, uh, which will kind of ironically give him more cover for his domestic agenda. 
Do you think uh, at this point there's anything to worry about in, in terms of out of control inflation finally uh, finally got? Do you, do you see that, that a, a long term problem with that if we just keep adding to the debt like we are? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just don't think there's any any new change in the laws of economics. I don't think that, that you know, things have we've gone through a wormhole in you know, the physics of the way that these things type of these things tend to work. Uh, and, and indeed, if we keep playing with this over and over and over again, we, pl- we pretend that all money is free, that there are no consequences to debt and deficits. And, and again, this is not just a, a democratic liberal problem. On the contrary, I mean, we were uh, running like drunks for a long time, including under the Trump administration. So there's plenty of blame to go around in a very bipartisan way. And sooner or later, we're going to pay the consequences for this. You don't have to be an economist like me to understand that one. So you, you know, love, happiness, come together, yeah. all those things. We don't need to ban social media to get there. You don't you don't see kind of a a spiraling decline into stupidity and madness that that's unstoppable at this point. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that really funny and interesting Wall Street Journal piece um, um, from my friend over the Ethics Public Policy Center. And, you know, I, I got a good laugh at it. But the truth of the matter is a little bit of history. And, you know, that stupidity has been pretty common for ever. I mean, this is just if you you, you go back, I mean, what the, the problem is that the, the little things, the stupidities, the frictions, the inability for us to get along, the, the dumb things like thinking that the, I mean, Joe, the, the number, say the 60% of Americans say that the biggest threat that our country faces is people from the other party. It's just, that's the biggest stupidity of all. When we're, when we're actually talking about the Taliban every single day and we're more worried about Democrats or Republicans, that's real stupidity. But there's nothing new about that. And that's why what we need right now is aspirational, uh, really high quality, positive inspiring leadership, people who remember that the American civic religion is self-improvement and that we all need more opportunity. We need parties competing with each other to actually create more opportunity, especially for people at the margins, as opposed to fighting each other as if we were the enemy. Humbug. Becky. (laughs) Hey, our stupidity is not a new invention. There's been plenty to go around for a very long time, but the tribalism does feel different, at least different to what we've been used to for the last 50 or 60 years. Does that strike you as something that's new and something that's a problem or something you kind of look back at other times to, too? Yeah, you're right about the 15 and 60 years. And there's a very interesting uh, research article in the European Economic Review, which is an academic research uh, journal that talks about the, 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 the fact that the financial crisis at any particular time, which tends to happen a couple of times a century, and this is based on hundreds of elections over hundreds of years, as a matter of fact, that what it does in, in twice a century or so over the 10 to 15 years following a financial crisis is create a ton of populism and tribalism, exactly what we're seeing. Now, the good news, the bad news in for, for European countries is that's kind of the state of nature. I mean, if you ask you know, the French what do you think about Bill Gates? And they'll say, let's, you know, take his stuff and burn his house down. In the United States, we don't have a tendency to be envious in this way, to hate each other naturally. Our state of nature is actually to be less populist, to be less tribal. And so as we get back to our equilibrium in the coming five years with proper leadership and the things that we can do in academia, politics, and media. So it's all of us, like right now, banding together, we can actually fix this problem. Uh, Academia is... I'm not so sure. Uh, th- the French did love Jerry Lewis. Uh, I mean, there's that. Here's my only thing. And, and, uh, and then we got to go. I, I mean, history never repeats itself, but 
you know, I was around for for Carter and Iran and the helicopters crashing in the desert and the, you know, government is the answer to everything and taxes are, are the way to go. And we got to. And then in my life, I still see Reagan riding in on a white horse and, and sort of turning things around. There's no there's no Reagan on the on the horizon. Arthur. Yeah, but but remember that in the right quick uh, soon before 1980, there was no Reagan then either. I mean, Reagan existed. He was one of many. But remember, he was running in the primary against Phil Crane, who is every bit as much as tribalistic and negative as any of these other Republicans or Democrats that we would see today. And Reagan edged out a few other people and became kind of the dominant voice. Look, we can do this. We have guys like Ben Sass. We have guys like Tim Scott. We have people that are fundamentally, they believe in the American spirit and lifting people up and bringing them together. Nobody's perfect. But when I look around and I see that kind of talent, I'm actually, you know, I, I got to say I'm pretty hopeful. All right. Now I'm going to get Twitter feeds from millennials that Googled Ronald Reagan and found out three things and think they know what happened in, in the 80s. But uh, that's Ronald coming. Reagan was great. St. Ronald. <laughs> no, no, I know. No, I was just an actor. And, I, you know, I, I, I get it. I see it. And there's nothing I can do. But thank you. Uh, you know, it's, it helps if you actually were there and, and were there for eight years, 365 days a year to have seen it instead of Googling it and, and coming up with three talking points. But I agree. I know. I know. Well, we, we need you. Uh, I can't believe you're, you're there uh, surrounded yeah. by. Uh, I know you do. You go around dressed incognito on that campus back there. I know. Yeah, you do. I'm happy. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm full. I'm full blast. They all know who I am. It's all it's it's good. I mean, there's a lot of debate, but I'm very happy. Disclosure. As long as you have disclosure. All right. Thanks, Arthur. Up next on Squawk Pod, the Theranos saga continues. Elizabeth Holmes's trial begins this week, and surprises are sure to be in store. There are people who were in the company at the time who said that she seemed like she was in control and he always seemed to take a back seat. We'll be right back. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This is Squawk Pod. Welcome back. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Joe Kernan along with Becky Quick. Andrew's off today. A bombshell revelation just days before Elizabeth Holmes is set to stand trial on charges of criminal fraud. Her defense attorneys claim she suffered a decade-long campaign of psychological abuse from her former boyfriend and business partner, uh, Ramesh Sunny Balwani. Her defense team said Balwani monitored her calls, uh, her texts, and her emails, subjected her to physical violence, such as throwing hard, sharp, sharp objects at her, uh, restricted her sleep, monitored her movements, and controlled what she ate, how she dressed, and how much money she could spend. Holmes met Balwani when she was 18. She later he later uh, joined her blood testing startup as COO, and they each faced 10 counts of wire fraud uh, and two counts of conspiracy for what federal prosecutors call a multi-million dollar scheme to defraud investors. 
uh, doctors as well as patients, both have pleaded not guilty and denied any wrongdoing. Balwani also uh, denies Holmes's allegations and his defense team uh, cites them uh, as the reason that their trials were separated. Jury selection for the trial uh, begins tomorrow. No words, Becky. I, don't I was reading through this last night, and look, his side denies this. There were people who were in the company at the time because this happened over years and years. Um, all of the fraudulent practices, um, everything that happened at Theranos, who said that she seemed like she was in control and he always seemed to take a back seat. But you're going to hear both these sides kind of come at this in a big way. Um, And this is not a last-minute thing. This is just that these papers were just made public. public, I think Dow Jones Jones was the one that was fighting to to get these documents released to the public. But these are are things that they filed a year ago, maybe even a year and a half ago or longer. Um, But it will make... Uh, for some pretty close watching as we get into that trial, the, the first oh, trial being hers. Kind of a Svengali type uh, thing. Devil made me do it. I don't, you know, yeah. kind of wasn't me. I was, uh, I don't know, I, I was, it was under duress. I didn't know what, I, I don't know, I was psychologically, you know, manipulated. It's a weird, you know, these defense guys. Can come up with I, lots I mean, I of love different. Them. If, you ever, if you ever need a good lawyer, you <laughs> right. know, if you ever need one, you want a good you excuse. Want, you want what they are, which are guys that can come up with something and argue it like they believe it. Yeah. Whether they do or not, and to the death they'll argue it, and that's what you want. But at the same time, you got to think, what a weird occupation where you really, you know, facts and truth a lot of times maybe take a back seat. To what they're trying to accomplish. Arguments and persuasion. That's the show for today. Thank you for listening, as always. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. To get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, listen and follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.